noticed that since Easter of last year, uh, this world is a bit upside down. Anybody notice that? Uh, I've noticed that. Um, in our nation, uh, people are very divided. They're divided politically. They're divided over how to deal with the pandemic or even about the reality of a pandemic. People are divided over inequalities. Uh, they are angry and outraged. And I would have to say that some people are even completely off the rails. These divisions have infiltrated families. They've infiltrated communities. They've infiltrated our nation. And sadly, some of these issues have infiltrated the body of Christ. Uh, this upside-down world is very similar to those times when Jesus walked the earth, when he uh, carried out his earthly ministry. The political climate during his life and ministry was extremely volatile and dangerous. The Roman Empire had made its way into Israel, and it was an occupying force. For the average Jewish person, there was some hatred and some anger toward the political forces of their times. There were tensions concerning equality the Romans and the Jews, and certainly among the Jews and the Samaritans. There were great economic differences among people and challenges as well. The people had experienced a number of difficulties and disappointments and things seemed very hopeless and they were looking for someone to come and to make a change and make a difference. And then Jesus entered the scene. Crowds of people were drawn to his teachings as they spoke about a kingdom where the weak would be strong, where the poor would be rich, and where the least would be the greatest. People were drawn to him. They watched his miracles. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him restore sight to the blind. They actually witnessed him raise the dead. Those who followed Jesus were certain that he was their Messiah. They expected him to set them free from Rome, those who had occupied their land. But then Jesus was arrested. He went through six trials. He was found completely innocent. And although they found no fault in him, he was sentenced to die by crucifixion. Some of his followers were there at the crucifixion along with his mother Mary. They heard his words from the cross when he said, it is finished. And they watched him die. His followers who had once had high hopes and aspirations, who believed that Jesus was their Messiah, now they saw his lifeless body. 
he was dead. And their hopes and their dreams were dead too. His closest followers scattered. In fact, many feared for their own lives. On the day that Jesus died, the Sabbath was approaching. There was little time to prepare his body for burial. And some of his friends placed his body in a tomb. And then on the first day of the week, the day after the Sabbath, there were two women who went to properly prepare the body of Jesus for burial. And so our text today is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. Uh, if you brought a Bible along with you, I would encourage you to turn to that text as I follow and follow along as I read. Uh, if you did not bring a Bible, certainly the text is on the screen. And Luke says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. So when they arrived at the scene of, of the tomb where Jesus was buried, uh, they found that the stone that was placed there to seal the body inside the tomb had been removed from the entrance. And it's, it says in our text that when they went inside, they saw that the body of Jesus was not there. Now it says suddenly two men, and we believe certainly those were two angels who had And they said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. They said, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? He had told them that he would be arrested, that he would be crucified. And he also told them that on the third day, he would rise again from the dead. Jesus came into a world that was upside down. But we're reminded that in the midst of our upside down world, Jesus reigns in victory. And today, if you're following along with the insert in your bulletin, there are three truths that have to do with this. And the first truth is this. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have victory in our circumstances. And we might say, thank God. God, I don't know how many times you've said this to yourself. I've said this many times. As we've gone through this last year, Jesus is still on the throne, right? Um, things are spinning out of control, and we know that Jesus is still on the throne. Uh, we have been, uh, we've learned phrases, um, new normal. We learned something called social distancing. I mean, I had no idea what social distancing was before last March. Did you? I mean, you know, it could have been a square dance term. I don't know. But anyway, um, we have learned many things. And I would admit, and maybe you would admit, that as this goes on, and as we've been through 12 months of this, and we're into month number 13 already, 
um, it seems a little hopeless. Uh, I've seen uh, articles where some say we'll achieve herd immunity by the end of this month, and then somebody says by the end of May, and somebody says by the end of summer, and somebody says, hey, maybe sometime in 2022. And it does seem a little hopeless. But we know Jesus is our Savior. We can have victory even when all of these things are upside down. Because you see, when we trust Jesus as our Savior, He is with us in every circumstance. Do you think He's surprised by what's going on? He knew before one word was uttered in creation that in 2020 and 2021, we would be dealing with a pandemic. He's not even the least bit surprised by it. And the best part is that when we trust him as our savior, he is with us in our circumstances. He is not socially distanced from us, but instead he is very near. And he promises us that he will never leave us or abandon us. When we think about it, we have no real good reason to be filled with worry or fear. Jesus reigns in victory. He is in control of all things. And he teaches us in his word that we're not to worry. That he will take care of it all. In fact, in his teaching in Luke chapter 12, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barns, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Jesus says, don't worry. He will meet our needs. He will take care of us. He will always be with us. He will never abandon us. Our Savior who has risen reigns in victory. And he has been given power and authority over all things. And he has power even in situations that may seem hopeless. Let me encourage you. Trust him. Truth number two. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have victory over sin. You see, even though our world seems to be upside down, that's not our greatest problem. Our greatest problem is sin. Our greatest is problem is not our upside down world. You see, in in the whole scheme of things, in the broad view of time, our greatest problem is where we will spend eternity. And the Bible clearly tells us that every one of us sins, every one of us falls short of God's glorious standard. Do you know what God's glorious standard is? Perfect sinlessness. Perfect holiness. And so, when it says we fall short, we know we certainly fall short. Yes, God is a loving God. God loves every one of us. And God is also a just God. And because he is loving and because he is just, he will punish sin. 
And the scripture says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. And what that simply means is, because of our sin, we are eternally separated from God. God does not coexist with sin. We cannot take our sin with us and go to heaven, right? And so something had to happen. And the verse continues to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, we all deserve to be punished for our own sin. Doesn't that make sense? And when you were a child, if you got punished for someone, someone else's offense, how did you feel? Right? We deserve to be punished for the things that we do ourselves. But the good news is that God, because of his great love for us, he did something wonderful. And what he did was, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave his son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus, God's son, endured the punishment that you deserve to pay and I deserve to pay. And in verse 3, chapter, or chapter 3, verse 16 of John, it says that whoever believes in him will not perish. And I need to make very clear that we understand what that word believe means. It doesn't mean that I believe that Jesus existed. It doesn't mean that I believe um, that, you know, he walked the earth and performed miracles. It means the one who believes entrusts themselves to. Trust in. Believing that when Jesus paid that penalty on the cross, he was there as our representative. He was there in our place. He paid the punishment for us. And when we believe by faith, trusting in Jesus as our Savior, God graciously grants us his forgiveness, and he promises us that we will spend eternity with him. In Ephesians 1.7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of his grace. That grace tells us that it's undeserved. We, we don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But God graciously gives us forgiveness and eternal life based on faith. And see, the resurrection of Jesus proved that Jesus is exactly who he is. He is God in flesh. He is the Son of God. And he has, as I said, power over all things. That power was demonstrated in his resurrection. That means that he has power to forgive sin. By raising from the dead, Jesus proved that he is the Messiah. That he is the promised redeemer, the one that God promised all the way back in Genesis. You know, it's important for us to celebrate the resurrection. Because if Jesus was still in the tomb, there would be no victory. If Jesus was still dead, we would be without hope. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, it says, If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless 
and you are still guilty of your sins. Wow. The resurrection of Jesus certainly does matter. And we celebrate today because Jesus is not dead. He is alive. He is the Messiah, the one who came to save us, to save his people from the penalty of sin. And his resurrection secures that victory. And then truth three. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have victory over death. Jesus not only defeated sin, but he defeated death. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 to 57, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection revealed that Jesus is victorious even over death. Because he lives, we too know that we will live. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have hope. Because you see, when we believe that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin, when we believe that he rose again from the grave, we have victory over sin and victory over death. And my friends, when our faith is in Jesus, we know with absolute certainty, we know with absolute certainty that when we take our very last breath on this earth, we will be present with him forever. Now I need to say this. Many people leave this present world wondering what lies beyond all of this. The Bible is very clear. The Bible tells us explicitly what lies beyond all of this. That those who have placed their faith in Jesus will spend eternity with him. And those who have rejected his offer of grace will be eternally separated from him. In John's epistle, 1 John 5, he says it this way. He says, and this is the testimony, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And then he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know, and let me add with absolute certainty, that you have eternal life. You see, because of the resurrection of Jesus, when our faith is anchored in Christ, we have victory over death. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Clearly, the Bible teaches us that. Jesus came into a world that was upside down. <laughs> An upside down world we can identify with. But in the midst of our upside down world, we must remember these truths that Jesus reigns in victory. Because of his resurrection, we can have victory even in these new normal circumstances. You see, when we trust Christ as our Savior, 
He's with us. He's not distant. He's not socially distant. He promises that he will never leave us. He promises us that he will never, ever abandon us. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have victory over sin. Through faith in the finished work of Christ, we are set free from that penalty that is due that we should be paying. But we don't have to because Jesus paid it for us. And because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have victory even over death. We need not fear death. We need not fear what lies beyond the grave. We have a Savior who has conquered death. And he tells us that because he lives, we too shall live. And the Bible clearly tells us that we will spend eternity in heaven forever and forever. So as we conclude this morning, the question is, what is your response to the resurrection of Jesus? I would trust that if you know Christ as your Savior, your response is celebratory. Celebrating the victory, right? excitement, celebrating that he is the victor. He is the one who conquered sin, conquered death, and he reigns. He's on the throne. In the midst of all of this crazy upside-down world, he's still in control and in power over all things. But if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior... What is your response? I must tell you that if you do not place your faith in Christ, when this life ends for you, you will pay the punishment for your sin all by yourself. So why not place your faith in the one who already paid the price? And then you can know with absolute certainty, when you take your last breath, that you will be with him forever. Let's pray. Our Father, we are grateful for your word, for its truth, for the certainty that our Savior Jesus is alive. While many things have changed in this past year, that is a truth that has not changed, nor will it ever. We're grateful that he went to a cross, suffered, bled, and died. The punishment that we should have had to suffer, but he did it in our place. If you've never trusted Jesus as Savior before, maybe today you understood the gospel with clarity for the very first time. And I would encourage you in the quietness of your heart, could you admit that you have broken God's laws and commands. And the truth is, every human being has. In the quietness of your heart, would you confess your faith? Would you entrust yourself to Jesus as Savior, believing that when he died on that cross, he paid the penalty 
in your place? And would you commit to living your life for the one who gave his life for you? You might pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I sin. I know that I have broken your laws and I have broken your commands. And I am sorry. And I believe, Lord Jesus, that when you died on the cross, that you were there as my representative. You were sinless, and you were there to pay for my sinfulness. And I thank you, and I'm grateful. And I believe that you rose from the dead in victory. And right here and now, I place my faith in you as my Savior. And I want to live my life for you, you who gave yourself for me. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the hope that is ours in a risen Savior. And we thank you that because he lives, we shall live also. And we pray in his name.